the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on this beautiful Saturday, July 3rd, 2021, July 4th weekend. I hope you're having a great one. We've got a packed show, my friends. We've got Mr. Tony Ashley, who is a, co- a resident uh, of the border. We've got uh, three sheriffs, Sheriff Arvin West from Hudspeth County, Texas. We've got Sheriff Mark Lamb from Benal County, Arizona. We've got... Uh, Chuck, uh, Sheriff Chuck Jenkins from uh, Frederick County, Maryland. And finally, we've got Congressman Chip Roy, who's going to be chatting with us about his latest visit to the uh, to the border uh, accompanying uh, Donald Trump, who was here this past week, my friends. Please call your friends. Tell them to join us. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, brought to you by Border Hawk News. Stay tuned for our show. We'll be right back. And we've got a new guest with us. He is a resident uh, near or a citizen that has property near the border. Uh, His name is Tony Ashley. And I wanted to get him on because we've been talking to lots of uh, of the citizens that are being impacted by the uh, uh, by the border crisis. And we and here is another one. And I want him to talk to us and tell us about what he is experiencing. Tony, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, first of all, tell us uh, what county or how far do you live from the border, and how long have you lived there? I live in Kinney County, which is uh, west of San Antonio, and my house is um, south of Highway 90, and it sits about 16 miles as the bird flies to the, river, to the border. To the Rio Grande, huh? Wow, 16 miles. Now, how long have you lived there? I've lived in this area for 30 years. Uh, my wife has lived here her whole life. Uh, she's a fourth-generation rancher here in this area, her and her family. So we've got a lot of experience with ranch land in this area and uh, what has gone on in the past versus what's going on now. Right. So tell us, how how is the border crisis impacting on you? How is it different than what it used to be? What's going on? Well, starting about January 20th, it is blown up down here. This is the worst that I've ever seen it. Uh, and the easiest example I can give you is Tuesday um, of this week. Uh, my house was broken into. Wow. And- so I was in Del Rio taking care of some business, and the alarm company calls me and says, we've had a break-in, and I've got cameras both inside and outside the house. And so I go to my phone and start looking at the video, and sure enough, I've got two guys that uh, look like thugs. Uh, they don't look like typical folks that we've seen in the past who were, you know, migrating through. Uh, they were wearing backpacks, and they walked all the way around my house, I think, because they were trying to determine if anybody was at home. And then once they figured nobody was at home, they went to the back door, and there's an inside camera that records sound uh, before it catches the video. And you can hear them violently kicking the back door. They had to kick it about eight times before they finally busted the uh, door jam and the, the framework that threw the door open. And then they were smart enough that when the door got kicked open and the alarm went off, he stayed outside for a period of time to make sure nobody was at home. And then once the coast was clear, they made entry into my house, went all through the house. Uh, they stole everything out of the refrigerator. They stole alcohol. They stole um, nothing of any value, uh, but it's still a violation of your, of your home, of your castle. And then they left. And uh, where we live, the sheriff's office was immediately alerted because of the alarm system. So the deputies were on scene within 20 minutes. Uh, EPS troopers were there backing up the deputies at the same time. 
I was able to get there within 25 minutes. Uh, U.S. Border Patrol arrived within a minute. I showed the Border Patrol the images of the individuals. Uh, one of the agents looked at us and said, oh, those guys are from Honduras. I'm not sure how you could tell. He's pretty adamant about that. Uh, the DPS helicopter came overhead uh, that's uh, stationed in Del Rio. They searched for about 30 minutes trying to pick up the sign on these two individuals. And then all of a sudden, another call came in uh, a little bit further west of me. Apparently, an individual was dumped by four uh, while he was working on a tractor. And so they rushed over there to try to send an individual. Uh, the two that broke into my house, there was never any more detection on them. And as far as I know, they were never apprehended. Wow. Incredible. Now, uh, obviously, you said that there were no, no one was at home. But had they been at home... This would have, this could have had major consequences, particularly if it was if it was your wife or a one or, or a kid or somebody that was home. Absolutely, that's correct. And uh, typically, when they come up to the house and somebody has been home, you know, you try to give them some food and water. Uh, we haven't had any direct aggression in that manner, uh, but sometimes they, they see you and they don't have anything to eat, so they just uh, they move on down the road. Uh, prior to that, that was Tuesday, Sunday. We were having a, a big family dinner there at the house and, uh, for Father's Day, and one of, uh, one of my son's uh, girlfriends out back patio area and said, hey, there's five guys running across the pasture over there. So I looked out, they're all dressed in black, they all had backpacks, and I guess they saw the house, and that's what alerted them as to why they started running. But then they ran straight up to uh, the Highway 90 where my kids ordered Highway 90, so I called Border Patrol. Uh, at that time, Border Patrol had no way available to respond. So I got a hold of the Sheriff's Department, and they, uh, they sent a unit out. And Highway Patrol was already located on the highway because uh, Governor Abbott sent down all of the DPS troopers to try to help assist. And so I drove down there in my Polaris and driving the fence line between the highway and the area that they were headed to. And that's when I started finding all these holes that had been cut by fence. Uh, holes big enough that you wouldn't notice them, but big enough that somebody could run through them. And of course, when you have a cattle operation and you have holes in your fence, the cattle will have a tendency to get out. And when you border a U.S. highway like I do, then there's a strong liability there if that animal gets in and hit my car. So, you know, I got to spend the rest of the afternoon catching fence while eventually Borfield did send out a single agent. And he was about to apprehend two of those individuals, uh, but three of them or what you call a gotaway. They got away, and nobody knows anything about them. Wow. Is there... Uh, now, again, you've lived on the, on, on the border. Your wife has lived on the border. Uh, I remember... I mean, my grandparents and my parents uh, are from Laredo. They remember, you know, when people used to just either come by or avoid being detected completely. These folks that it sounds like they're dressed in black... Uh, and they're ready to vandalize. I mean, they're ready to take whatever they need. If you could have seen these two individuals that came in the door of my house, the way they were going through the house, they had absolutely no fear of apprehension. They were going through drawers. They were going through cabinets. Uh, I am. I, I do make sure that all of our valuable valuables locked up and secured. Uh, so again, it's not that uh, I, I don't think they take anything of value. I have noticed any value being gone other than all the food and the. Wow. 
Yeah, my goodness. So, and for people that don't know where Denton is compared to Kenny County, it's uh, at least 300 miles away. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good seven and a half hour drive away. Yeah. So, it's, it's a that's good, what I try to explain to folks that don't live down here. That I have friends in other states that are just, you know, wow, what's kind of bad? And I try to tell them, look, they're not staying here. They're going north. They are going to the northeastern states, going to the Midwest. They are not staying in our area. They are moving out and getting uh, picked up and transported to where they want to go as fast as they can go. Oh, my gosh. Here at the end, we only have a couple of minutes. Um, what uh, If you had a magic wand, what do you think needs to happen, buddy? Well, prior to January 20th, there was a problem down here. Uh, we did not have this just rampant. I mean, I told you about two cases that occurred in this week. But since January 20th, I could, there's probably 10 or 15 cases of people that I actually saw with my own eyes uh, that the cameras picked up that are moving through the area. It's just, and let's be real clear. There's two types of people crossing. There are folks that are crossing at the POEs that are coming across and they're asking for asylum and family units from countries that will allow them to come in and stay on asylum. Those are the ones that are being reported by Border Patrol as crossers that are being apprehended, if you want to call it that. But the ones that are coming across country, across ranch land, the ones that are cutting fences, the ones that are causing damage, those are not detected. Those are not apprehended, and those are what the Border Patrol classifies as a gotaway. Well, I think last month the number of gotaways on the Texas border was like 50,000. Wow. You don't, know any, you don't know anything about those folks. Wow. They've not had a chance to be processed by Border Patrol or Customs. They've not had a chance to be you know, vetted a little bit. These folks are from who knows where, who knows what kind of background, and they're here to say To people that don't understand what is happening on the border and what's going to happen in their own backyards, correct? Yes, sir. You're going to see the metroplex areas all over the United States where these folks are going. You're going to see the crime rate increase in your metroplex areas. There's no question. There's no no two ways around that. There's no two ways around it. Not to mention, you know, how many of them have this new strain of COVID anyway? Who knows? Well, that's a, that's a whole other thing. You know, they were they were beating us up hard. Oh, really? <laughs> and these folks are coming across the border and being processed. And paperwork's being done, and they're being released, and they're not doing any COVID testing. <laughs> exactly. So how, how dangerous is it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, folks, we've been talking with, uh, with Tony Ashley, who is a rancher in Kenny County. And, uh, Tony, thank you for taking time to be with us. Please uh, be careful, and uh, we'll check in with you again sometime soon because we want to get an update of what is happening because I don't see things improving any anyway right now. No, I don't think there's been any effort at the federal level to try to change anything. The state is doing everything it can, it can under Governor Abbott, uh, but, again, the, state, the state's got other jobs they're supposed to be doing. You know, the highway patrol that are being sent down here, they have jobs back in the part of the state where they work. That's right. Those citizens are being denied that service because they're having to send all these assets down here. So, you know, again, we've always had the argument for people in Texas. We pay Texas taxes for our, our Texas government, and we also pay federal taxes for our federal government. Well, right now, the state of Texas is having to do the federal government's job, so we're really being, we're, we're being charged twice for something that the federal government is supposed to be doing themselves. It's disgusting. It's and, absolutely and I'm not, disgusting. I'm not, I don't think any ways not this is nothing... I have a lot of friends in Border Patrol. I have friends in Customs. This is not their issue. Uh, they have just absolutely been stripped of any support from the federal level. And this goes back to D.C. I mean, it's, they're, they're half the homeless because they created this. They have. They really have. Once again, my friends, we want to thank Tony Ashley, uh, a resident of Kenny County, a rancher in that area. Thank you very much, Tony, for taking time to be with us today. Yes, sir. My pleasure. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism. Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News.
Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And uh, we've got uh, our good friend, um, Sheriff Arvin West from Hudspeth County, Texas. Uh, I wanted to reach out to him because uh, we chatted with him earlier in the year as the border crisis was starting. I wanted to get an update with him. Uh, for those folks, uh, for those of you uh, listeners that are not uh, in Texas or that are in the eastern part of Texas, um, let me tell you, uh, Hudspeth County, the uh, I believe the county seat is Sierra Blanca, and uh, literally it is over 500 miles from San Antonio. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of, the, of, of uh, how large our state is uh, and uh, how big this problem is because it, it, expa- it spans the border. So uh, at any rate, uh, Sheriff, thank you for, talk- for talking to us. Last time that we chatted with you, uh, you mentioned some of the problems that you were starting to have with uh, the number of people that were coming uh, across and uh, the accidents, and uh, you were anticipating uh, maybe even uh, not having enough body bags because you are in a, in a hot desert region. Uh, give us an update. What is happening? Because a lot of people just seem to think that if we just build a wall, that's going to be enough to stop the uh, illegal immigration uh, and the border crisis problems. But uh, there's there's a little bit more to it, isn't there? Oh, yes, sir, absolutely. First of all, good morning. Good morning to all your listeners, and thanks for having me back on again. Uh, I'd like to give kudos to, to Congressman Rodriguez, I mean, uh, Tony Gonzalez. He uh, he was able to get us uh, some more body bags, so Wonderful. we're pretty good. We're pretty good for now with the body bag part. Uh, but, but no, it's getting crazier and crazier. Uh, the numbers have just, they're, they're, you know, getting higher and higher. But I tell you what, what I'm seeing and what I'm disappointed in and what I'm better said is I'm pissed off about is these prosecutors, whether they be mainly the U.S. prosecutor, the U.S. attorney's office, is they are denying more cases uh, and quicker than, than, than I've ever seen in my lifetime. And I've been doing this for 38 years. But I mean, uh, we've, caught, we've chased them down, we've caught them, we've, they've wrecked out, and, and the U.S. attorney is, is declining prosecution on, I'm going to say, at least 8 out of 10 cases. And it's getting ridiculous. Wow. The, uh, you know, I mean, again, the issue is that that we always talk about, or a lot of people seem to think, is that if we just secure the border. Well, the um, the uh, uh, governor is talking about um, uh, people being arrested or people being detained. Um, well, you know, if a person is arrested, uh, is it, are they going to be prosecuted? That's the other issue because, I mean, you know, uh, the reality is that a lot of these are uh, folks who uh, are trespassing, uh, you know, unless it's a vandalism or an assault or something. But a lot of them are just trespassing, and uh, a lot of DAs are not going to consider that uh, a major a major issue in today's world, are they? <laughs> no, the, uh, we're getting pushback from the county attorneys' offices up and down the border. Uh, they're not wanting to prosecute. I reached out to, in a conference call with the governor the other day, and asked the attorney general, I mean, are you going to step in and, and make this happen? And it appears to me, I mean, this is basically what I'm saying, is the public defender's office is dictating who gets prosecuted and who doesn't get prosecuted uh, by virtue of of their hiding under the Constitution of, of equal representation. So they'll drag their feet. Uh, I've had I've got guys in here that burglarized back in in February, burglarized a ranch house, and and they yet to to be have anything done with the court system. And our court system is is you know I, I can't speak for everywhere else, but here uh, in the three ninety fourth judicial district, it's 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 becoming a joke. Wow. Now uh, you know again the issue the issue is that if the DA uh, doesn't prosecute well you know i mean there's nothing there's you know nothing that uh, arresting can uh, arresting them is going to do any good um the uh the equal representation so uh what are these folks supposed to uh have uh, attorneys are they supposed to i mean what are they looking for in that aspect of it well that they created a public defender's office used to uh you know the the, the courts would randomly select an attorney to defend them but this public defender's office now it's a game as to who's going to put more feathers in their hat, and and the uh, the public defenders just want to go to trial on everything. 
I mean, I've got guys that are locked up saying, look, I'm guilty. I just want to plead. I want to get out of here, you know, go on with my life. And the public defender's office won't let them do it. Wow. And it, 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 yeah, it's, it's things like that, that that are ridiculous. I mean, my county attorney, for example, 480 cases that we filed uh, without even looking at them. I mean, from one day to the next, and there's no way you can look at 480 cases and decline them. And when I asked him about it, you know, what, what the hell are you doing? Why are you declining them? He says, prosecution of uh, discretion. So that's what we're up against. I mean, we can go out here, we can chase them down, we can put people's lives in danger, officers' lives in danger, the people we're chasing's lives in danger, and the general public in danger, and they're not going to prosecute them. But I guarantee you, one of my officers shoots and kills one of them drug traffickers or human traffickers, that's going to make headline news, and they're going to prosecute them to the full extent. Oh, I bet. I bet. You know, it is, uh, you know, it, it seems to be uh, just like in the major communities, in the major uh, urban areas, where this idea of judicial uh, reform uh, seems to be siding more with the uh, with the criminal than with uh, law enforcement, and law enforcement does its job, but you know the person doesn't get uh, uh, doesn't get prosecuted or punished in any form or way. So what uh, what fear do they have? Well, George, three times in the last well since Friday, I've called my men back. Uh, they've gotten the pursuits. I've called them back because they're getting too dangerous, and my biggest fear is, you know, I, and, and it, it, it irks me to no end to let these guys go. But, I mean, what's my choice? Chase yeah. them down, take a chance to hurt one officer, take a chance to hurt one of those guys. Or an innocent bystander. An innocent bystander. Or exactly, innocent bystander. And knowing that if somebody gets injured in this whole process, the AUS attorney and or the district attorney is going to come after my officer. Wow. Yeah, it's very, very, it's very, very discouraging, and this is this is something that I think that uh, that gets overlooked quite often with the emotionalism that you know just build a border, just build a border. Um, there's much more to it. I mean, we're we're facing uh, you know similar situations in major urban areas where you know I mean uh, uh, it, it, being an illegal alien is not a big deal, so they just you know they just let it go, and the person you know commits a crime, whether minor or major, and then they, they disappear. Um, it, it just is. It, it, uh, it you sound very, very frustrated. Uh, what uh, what recommendation would you have if, uh, if if you had a magic wand? Uh, hold these attorneys, hold these attorneys accountable. Hold these judges accountable. You know, uh, for some reason, um, some of these judges have forgot that they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of us do. And uh, you know, they think they're they're one step below God. And I got news for them. All I'm asking you to do is your damn job. Yep, that's true. Do your job. Everything else will work out. That's true, and and you know I, I really I really feel for the morale of of law enforcement as well because I mean uh, you're doing your job and like you said you're you know you're you're endangering yourselves at the time, and uh, and you know and then there the uh, the culprit is not prosecuted I, that doesn't make sense. We had I haven't been, I, I don't have the confirmation on it, but I had an officer a state officer tell me this morning that there was an individual picked up at. Uh, six seven o'clock in the evening. By nine o'clock, he was he was picked up uh, human trafficking. He had like six or seven illegals in the pickup with him. They picked him up like at nine ten o'clock in the morning. The next morning, they stopped him again with a different bunch of people. Wow! Because the AUSA will not prosecute them. Oh, you know they say they're overloaded. Well, you know I don't know the extent of what they do in regards to the people that are here illegally. I mean, from what I'm witnessing and what I'm seeing is they're getting deported as soon as they, they get caught, you know, and kicked right back across, unless they're juveniles or unless there's other issues. But the vast majority of them is getting kicked right back. We see them within two or three days. Wow. But these human smugglers, these human, these people are getting paid. This guy we picked up uh, this weekend was getting paid a $1,000 a head. He had 10 of them to take him to Dallas. And oh, my gosh. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, but the, amazing. The people that they picked up, and I've got statements from them, some of them paid as much as $7,500 to get them, in, get them this far. Yeah. But for the most part, the, the main smuggler was getting $2,500 per head. Uh, this the, the guy driving the pickup was getting $1,000 per head to take him to Dallas and drop him off. And he got a $1,000 advancement to go do this. Wow. I and mean, hell, the, the, the trucking logistics can learn off of these people because they know how to get people moved around, you know? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I mean, these people these people have it down to us, science. Oh, Sheriff, <laughs> amazing. Top it off, and to top it off, we've got a, a U.S. Border Patrol checkpoint has been here since the 70s, and they have shut it down because they've taken all the agents to go 
process these people they're taking in. This checkpoint is wide open up here now. And, and again, tell the people how large of a, of a county you've got to cover with how many men. I've got 17 deputies. We've got 98 miles of border and 5,000 square miles in the county. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, besides chasing down the uh, illegal, the, 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 the traffickers, you also have to respond to regular calls, right? Well, absolutely. I had to transport an individual from town here Friday afternoon to the hospital in a pickup uh, because our ambulances were tied up calling the illegals and were dehydrated. Incredible. That's it. Oh, Sheriff, we'll we'll let you go, but thank you very much for taking time to chat with us and to and to give us an, a a different perspective, a different perspective of what what is happening uh, with this border crisis. I mean. Uh, uh, we just hope that you that that you do your best and that you stay safe. I mean, that's the best we can we can we can hope for. Well, we're gonna keep plugging along best we can, Jordan. I appreciate you guys putting the word out. And if if anybody out there listening can put pressure on this U.S. attorney to do their damn job and these judges to do their damn job, I would greatly appreciate it. You got it. We're gonna have to work on that U.S. attorney in that uh, in, in the Hudspeth uh, Western District, folks, Western Texas Texas District, the U.S. attorney. All right. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio. And we've got... uh, our good friend, Sheriff Mark Lamb from Pinal County, Arizona. And I wanted to reach out to the uh, to the sheriff and uh, ask him about an event that happened recently uh, in uh, in Arizona at the wall, a big event, in, uh, including a, several, uh, I, I think it was over 100 sheriffs. And um, the uh, what that was all about, as well as a network that uh, he is also involved with. So, Sheriff, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Uh, welcome, as usual. Tell us about this event that happened at uh, the Wall in Arizona. What was that all about? So, we had the National Sheriff's Association conference here last week. Uh, so, we had sheriffs from all over the country come in. Um, we took a location every year, and this year it happened to be in Phoenix. So, we had sheriffs from all over the country here, and we decided to kind of take advantage of that. And... Uh, we partnered with FAIR, so when I say we, it was sheriffs, and we also have Protect America Now, um, which you can see at protectamericanow.com, and partnered with the Federation for American Immigration Reform, which is FAIR. And what we did is we took a bunch of sheriffs down to the border. We invited uh, just anybody who wanted to come and support the event and, and, uh, and, the, board, and the Biden's border crisis. And Biden's border crisis, that's what it was. You know, I think everybody is not just us in law enforcement and not just sheriffs here in Arizona, but sheriffs from across this country. And also, Americans are frustrated with what they're seeing and what we're going through right now. Now, it's very, very interesting how the sheriffs uh, across the country, well, the sheriffs here in Texas, definitely, but sheriffs across the country, because uh, there are sheriffs in Maryland and sheriffs in in um, Tennessee and other places that I've that I've chatted with, who are stepping up, who are the ones that are stepping up while, uh, you know, in major communities they are talking about defunding the police. How is it that the sheriffs are, are uh, I mean, what is their role that uh, puts them in this front line right now with this border crisis? Well, the sheriffs are your last line of freedom. You know, we're elected by the people. There's power in that. We don't work for the governors. We don't work for the president. We don't work for mayors or city councils. We are elected by the people to represent them as it relates to keeping the peace in the community. And I, like I always tell people, also to protect them from government overreach. And so the power of the office of sheriff in this country is something special, and, and we as sheriffs recognize that, and that's why we're letting our voice be heard, and we're trying to unify that voice as much as we can. We have heard a lot from uh, sheriffs, uh, banning together to work with one another, uh, you know, across the, the border area. And uh, it, it seems like uh, this whole situation with the border crisis uh, has amplified 
the the role of the sheriffs and uh, the critical situation that they're facing uh, or that we are facing uh, with this open border. Uh, how is uh, how, you know how are the chases or the uh, rescues and uh, arrests? How is it how is it hap- going in your in your given area? Well, you know, we when this administration took over, we were having a pursuit to two pursuits a day. Uh, we're still having pursuits, not as many, but that's just the nature of the time of year. This time of year, when it gets hotter, you, you know, it does reduce it a little bit. Um, we spend a lot more time though doing humanitarian missions. That's what a lot of Americans don't understand. They sit here and try to paint us as these people that don't care, when in reality, those politicians in Washington they don't get out of their fat cat offices. Well, we're down here in the hot sun trying to save people that the cartel leave for dead in the desert. You know, these they abuse the women and rape the women. They leave, use the children as pawns. They leave the men for dead out in the desert. They extort them. And so this time of year, what happens is if you're in the desert and you get hurt or the cartel leaves you behind or uh, you get lost, the smugglers will call 911. They also do it as a tactic. They'll leave one person behind, and while we're looking for that person, because that's the American way, uh, 10 people continue to go on into our communities. But uh, just to give you an example, and I'll leave it at this, we had uh, a 911 call, I think it was last year, where we went out to find this guy in conjunction with Border Patrol in our helicopter, and when we found the guy, finally, we had to give him three bags of IV to bring him back. And uh, while we were dealing with him, there were seven more 911 calls on the board for people that were either smugglers that were either left behind, lost, or hurt. Wow, I- incredible! Now, uh, tell us, tell us, uh, you know, one of the things that we're really, really uh, that I, I'm seeing as being very important is the uh, ability to network and uh, communicate between the sheriffs. Tell us about this network that uh, you've become part of. So we've, uh, I've got a couple different things going. I, I believe that you know you can't idle hands at the devil's workshop, you know. Uh, I, Very good. Uh, I'm working with Protect America now, which are coming together to stand up for the rule of law, to uh, to fight against bad policies, and to continue to protect the Constitution and the people's rights. And then I've also feel like over the last year, we really lost our voice in law enforcement. You know, the media just pummels us, and oftentimes they skew the message. They you know they show only bits and pieces of videos, uh, and they've really tried to turn the public on. The people on the police and law enforcement in this country, which is dangerous. They're undermining the rule of law. And so I wanted to do something to give a voice back. So I started something called the American Sheriff Network. Uh, for all those people out there who are fans of live PD and cops, uh, you know, we, we fill that same void that was left behind when, when those shows went off the air. And so basically, uh, we're going to get people back in the front seats of our patrol cars across this country. And we're also going to highlight the sheriff and the good work they do. Like it says on our site, real sheriffs, real stories. And you can check that out at Protect America, or excuse me, at uh, americansheriff.com, americansheriff.com. That's fantastic because, you know, I really thought that those those shows uh, highlighted uh, the headaches that uh, that uh, the law enforcement folks run into 90% of the time, 99% of the time they run into these these situations. It's very, very rare when you've got a, a rogue police officer or a rogue uh, deputy, I mean, it, it's it's always, uh, these guys put their lives on the line on a regular basis. So is this is this uh, American Sheriff's Network uh, going to be available on TV or uh, or, or cable, or how, how can people watch it? Great question. It's a subscription site, so right now you get it at americansheriff.com, but we will have the Roku app done probably this week or next week at the latest. And so people will be able to just click on the, the the app right on the Roku and be able to watch it right on their TVs. Excellent. Excellent. That's fantastic. I, I really I really applaud that because I think it's very, very bad. I mean, I've uh, I've ridden with police officers and Border Patrol and, and with uh, sheriffs before. And, I mean, until you actually are in a situation where you're watching uh, the, you know, them uh, endanger themselves, because somebody is just being uncooperative or being stupid, uh, you really never appreciate what, uh, what what these guys and gals go through. Right, right. I mean, it's amazing. 
Well, I, I really, really thank you. And I think, the, you know, I'll, I'll certainly help to promote the, the, the network because I, I think it's very, very important that people understand what, uh, what law enforcement folks are facing on a daily basis. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, we want to do a lot of good with it. So we'd love to get as much support as we can. We realize that we're, we're asking for it's a four ninety nine a month fee, uh, but that's less than than a, a value meal at a lot of these fast food places. It probably won't do you as good as this uh, month's worth of videos you're going to get. Yep, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sheriff, thank you very, very much for taking time uh, to be with us as usual. Uh, stay safe, uh, stay hydrated, <laughs> and uh, keep up you. the good work. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. You got it. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got our good friend, uh, Sheriff Chuck Jenkins, from Frederick County, Maryland, just northwest of... Uh, of Washington, D.C., uh, and uh, we wanted to chat with him because uh, he has been to the border. He was at a sheriff's, at a national sheriff's meeting down in, uh, or conference down in Arizona, went to the border, uh, as well as uh, I want to chat with him and ask him about um, the issue of uh, the fentanyl coming into the, into the nation and uh, its impact on communities. Sheriff, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Welcome to the show. Talk to us. First of all, what uh, what was it like um, at uh, the Sheriff's Conference in uh, in Arizona? Well, the Sheriff's Conference in Phoenix was, was a pretty productive four-day uh, conference. Uh, okay, very <laughs> successful conference. I enjoyed it. Uh, I learned a lot. I met with a lot of sheriffs. The interaction was great. And, uh, and then for me to have the opportunity to go from there down to Sierra Vista right to the border in Cochise County was... Uh, a real experience for me, uh, mostly in talking to the other border sheriffs, uh, and then really it's a wake-up call. Yeah, uh, it, you know, one of the things that that uh, a lot of folks kind of ignore uh, beyond just the uh, visual, uh, the, the the visuals of illegal aliens crossing the border uh, is uh, the amount of drugs that's coming across, particularly that deadly fentanyl. Uh, Absolutely. What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, again, it's it's. Now again, we're across the country. We're in about we're two and a half to three day drive from the border. But the fentanyl, the drugs have been in this county, been in this state. Uh, we have had major investigations uh, that we have tracked back to the southwest border. But but more importantly, the, the amount of, of the deadly fentanyl coming in currently, uh, we've seen an increase. Uh, talking to the sheriffs down there with what they're experiencing, and we all know that that the drugs, the, the cartels, the criminal gangs don't stay in those border counties. They infiltrate the country. So as recently, uh, like I said, on my visit, was able to talk with border sheriff, Sheriff Daniel, uh, uh, you know, Sheriff uh, Lamb down there. So we talked about some of the, the new findings, some of the uh, new what they call the M30 fentanyl pills that are starting to show up down there. Well, we're already seeing those up here in Frederick County. Uh, we're having about uh, one fatal overdose per week, probably three to four non-fatals per week. So it, it has had an impact. It's continuing to have an impact. It'll only become more deadly. I'm convinced. Now, I remember uh, a few years back that uh, meth labs were popping up in rural, care, in rural counties uh, across the country. Uh, are, is fentanyl uh, beginning to, uh, I mean, it's infiltrating, it's getting into the, the, the rural counties like yours? Yes, it is. Fentanyl is pretty prevalent currently. Uh, it has been for, I would say, the past couple of years, more so in recent months. Uh, now, we have not seen the meth problem up here. Uh, that, that's uh, kind of stayed away from this area. Ares has been mostly heroin and then cur- currently now the fentanyl. Uh, cocaine is coming back with a vengeance laced with fentanyl. We've seen that. So we're, we're seeing the full magnitude of, of everything coming in across the border. And is it causing, uh, is it causing overdose deaths? Sure it is. Yeah, like I said just a minute ago. So we're seeing one fatal overdose per week, wow. three to four non-fatal per week, and, and those numbers are pretty consistent. Wow, uh, it, it's just uh, you know how aware do you think people are uh, in in uh, in the hinter in 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 the uh, heartland of America? I mean, the heartland of America. Uh, they see again the pictures of, of of what's happening at the border, but how aware are they of what of, of it coming right into their backyard? 
I simply don't think they make the connection, honestly. I mean, I think uh, the limited amount that the, that the uh, heartland of America sees, and even out here on the East Coast sees from the border, I don't think they make the connection. The connection is real. The nexus is real. Uh, I, I believe that border counties, border states, feel like they've been abandoned by the rest of the country. That That's the feeling I get. Um, I think people in law enforcement like myself realize uh, that there is a direct connection to, to the open borders of what we're seeing in our counties. And uh, unfortunately, it, it's just uh, like I've said, George, we are now a border state, a border county here in Frederick County, Maryland. Uh, the problems are only going to increase. And as long as Biden's open border policies are, are in play like they are now, it's, it's only going to get worse. It's going to be devastating. Well, and, and not only is it is it the issue of the drugs, uh, it's also the issue of uh, of criminal illegal aliens coming in. Uh, Absolutely, sir. Market. And, and uh, we are seeing the criminal gang numbers increase. We are seeing uh, the impact of the cartels. Of course, listen, there, there's a direct nexus between the, the, the uh, drug uh, uh, trafficking. There's, there's a nexus between the terrorism link. Uh, it, it's all put together. There's criminal gangs. This, this is a uh, chemical uh, attack on America. It's, it's chemical uh, warfare. It, 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 I, you know, that's a very, very good way to put it. Uh, the uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you is because, I mean, and you've got a city right there, Baltimore, right there close to you that uh, defunded the police. While they're defunding the police in urban areas, uh, we've got this open border issue. I mean, that's a double whammy to us, isn't it? It does. It simply doesn't. The whole narrative doesn't make sense. I mean, down on the border, law enforcement authorities and, and agencies are stretched so thin, as we are here. But, uh, again, some of the cities with the worst drug problems, violent, violent crime problems, are starting to cut their police forces. It makes no sense, George. <laughs> Where does that put uh, the sheriffs? I mean, the sheriffs are elected officials. Where does that put you guys? I mean, if cities and uh, and uh, other uh, jurisdictions are going to cut police forces. I mean, where does that leave the sheriffs? Well, it, it depends on the counties in which you're a sheriff. I, I can tell you uh, defunding the police is not an issue here in Frederick County. It has not been, and I don't look for it to be. Uh, but our fight is always a fight over money for budgets, and uh, I think things are going to get progressively worse o- over time as we go forward. Um, I don't know where it's going to leave us, but but I can tell you I'm going to do everything I can to maintain the number of personnel we have and, and uh, fight this war on drugs, the war on criminal gangs. Uh, we've recently had another stabbing just the day before I left for the border. We had a stabbing up here in Frederick County. Uh, the suspect, the person we arrested, was in the country illegally. We're dealing with a, uh, uh, a young lady from El Salvador that was uh, basically um, left up on a mountain dismembered. Uh, oh that, that's... I can't say for certain, but but it's all indications probably of, of a gang retaliation. So again, we are dealing with the border issues three thousand miles from the border. Exactly. Oh gosh, sheriff. Uh, anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? No. Again, I I just like to uh, let everybody know that that, that we certainly, I certainly support all the sheriffs in the border states, the border counties. Uh, I have your back up here, and we'll continue to do so. We will fight this, and I think at the end of the day, uh, we're going to win this fight. You got it, buddy. Thank you very much, folks. We've been speaking with our good friend, Sheriff Chuck Jenkins from Frederick County, Maryland. Sheriff, be safe. Thank you, sir. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got uh, our good friend, uh, Congressman Chip Roy, from the 21st District in Texas. And uh, I wanted to reach out to him because he did something very, very provocative, I thought, the other day. He uh, put in an earmark, an, an, an amendment, uh, to the uh, transportation bill that the Democrats have proposed 
Uh, and it's interesting where the money was going to go to that he earmarked, as well as I want to ask him about uh, his most recent visit to the uh, to the border. Uh, Congressman, welcome and thank you very much for taking time. Tell us about this amendment that you put in. Sure, George, happy to. Always good to be on the show and happy Independence Day to you and all your listeners. Uh, uh, it's it's always great. You know, tomorrow is the actual Independence Day, you know, July 2nd when we voted to uh, separate from Britain. But, you know, look, I, I offered an amendment this week uh, to strip out the 1,400-plus earmarks to the tune of $5.7 billion. These are largely for things like city sidewalks and museums and local projects that various members want to bring to their districts. And, you know, I've got concerns and problems with the earmarks that become the currency of corruption in Washington. So I said, look, why are we going to spend $5.7 billion for pet projects local cities and states should be able to take care of when we have a wide-open border that's supposed to be the responsible for the federal responsibility of the federal government? So I offered an amendment to strip out that $5.7 billion and put it all into a special fund to ensure that we finish uh, completing the wall. Uh, I may amend that amendment in some future appropriations efforts to strip out earmarks and fund that in addition to whatever else we need to do with ICE and Border Patrol. But basically, dollars that we need to put in there to secure the border while the Biden administration is, uh, you know, whacking every uh, uh, dollar from ICE and Border Patrol and, and, uh, and, and, of course, refusing to continue constructing the wall. Now, they seem to, you know, the Biden administration continues to seem to uh, to uh, ignore the the uh, the border. Uh, we had uh, Kamala, the, the vice president, visit El Paso. Uh, what were your thoughts about that? Well, the vice president found, oh, I don't know, three, four hours out of her schedule to pit stop at El Paso on the way to Los Angeles to check the box that she had gone to the border, quote unquote. But she missed the mark by 750 miles. See, people understand how big Texas is, right? George, you do. Exactly. Most of your listeners do. But the vice president clearly doesn't. When she went to El Paso, she might as well have been going to, you know, Maine for, for, for the benefits she was getting out of what's really happening at our border. To the extent that she cared, she could have at least gone to Fort Bliss where we're housing some people there when we've got all this overflow of migrants coming in. But what we could have done is she could have gone to McAllen, 750 miles down the river, and to go see what's actually going on. But she didn't because she doesn't care. Neither does President Biden. This is all a show. Uh, they are perfectly fine with wide open borders. But then they deny it and they lie about it. Uh, and they try to use our, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately biased media to continue to to uh, have propaganda going out to all the people. And so that's that's the way she's approaching it. Now, uh, speaking of going to the border, you were at the border on uh, on Wednesday with lots of other folks, including former President Trump and the governor and a few other folks. Yeah, no, it was an honor to go down there. It was good to see uh, see the governor, see the former president, see uh, uh, the uh, uh, lieutenant governor, the attorney general, a whole bunch of members of the state legislature, a whole bunch of uh, my colleagues from the United States Congress, former head of Border Patrol, Mark Morgan, and a good friend of mine, former head of ICE, Tom Homan, a good friend of mine. These are guys, you know who they are. They're great uh, patriots in fighting to secure the border. Saw a number of uh, people that I know in the National Guard, some people that are tight with uh, sheriff's organizations. These are all the people who know what's going on, right? These are people who are intimately involved with it. And and, uh, so we had good conversations about the actual crisis. And then after all of that, you know, it's interesting. There was, the, you know, they did the thing with uh, Hannity. I actually didn't go to that, George. I went and I actually went, said hi, and then before as it got started, I went and went down and uh, I did an interview and then went down to the border. I actually wanted to go back down and go and see uh, what the state of the border was yesterday afternoon, literally as that was going on. So we would have that data point and went down there. I put out a video. It's out on my Twitter feed. There were 700 uh, migrants that were sitting in a processing center, packed under the bridge, my heading out to buses to get shipped out talk to people there. Most of them are getting shipped out to go to churches, NGOs. Uh, all of those 700 who come in in the afternoon, uh, you know, in the uh, few hours of the afternoon shift. That's it. I mean, George, they're flowing in. You know, you probably know Todd uh, Bensman. Yes. Who works with the uh, Center for Immigration Studies. Todd has been down in Central America, and he posted a bunch yesterday. I encourage you to go look at it. You did. I tweeted some pictures out on his behalf. Costa Rica, from where he is, where he was showing a bunch of people from Haiti, from uh, Mauritania, from Eritrea, from India, from all uh, all over the world that are funneling up through Central America, and then they're openly negotiating with smugglers as part of the cartel organization to come up through Mexico to come to America. Like it's just wide open. It is. You know, I I I have to chuckle because I used to hear. I used to. I remember hearing my uh, grandparents in Laredo. Are, uh, being upset because the Mexicans would come across the border to uh, compete for jobs. If they could see who's coming now, oh my gosh, incredible. 
the uh, the situation uh, again, uh, Congressman. Where do you think it's going to end? Well, th- this is only going to end um, if uh, the, the crisis is only going to end if <clears throat> Texas steps up and fills the void in the current climate. Because we're going to get zero help out of this administration. That's that's totally clear. They don't care. No help is coming. Uh, it doesn't matter how much light we shine on it. It's now up to Texas, and I mean that. As the legislature meets in a, in a special session, as we look at what's going on, you know, I know, I know the governor has, you know, and the legislature appropriated a billion dollars. Of course, that's for cycle, and that's that's not too much more than we normally, I think, appropriate. Uh, you know, in, a, in our you know regular budgeting for dealing with border issues, it may be a little bit more. But then there was another two hundred and fifty million that was put in there for you know constructing a wall. That's all great. But what are we going to do with them? You know, we're, we're going to have to come up with a strategy here in Texas. And, and I support the governor and what he's doing there. I'm just all I'm suggesting here is that we need to do more as Texans. And we need to work together, federal, state, and local, to figure out what we're going to do. But we can't allow the Fed to just destroy Texas um, for the fun of it, which is basically what they're doing. Exactly, exactly. Congressman, anything else that you'd like to add before we let you go? No, I'll just finish the way I started, which is Happy Independence Day. Look, we're all of us. We love our country. We've got concerns about it. You know, we're obviously going to fight for freedom first, but we want to make sure that we honor, um, you know, the the great founding of this country. I'm proud of it. I'm never going to apologize for it. It's a great country. I know you feel the same way. And uh, you know, it was. It'll be 250 years ago. Come come this 2026. We're getting close to our 250th birthday, and, and uh, this country's done a lot of great things for the world, and I think we can going forward, but we have to fight for it right now. we got to fight for it. You got it. Thank you very, very much, Congressman. You stay safe, and we'll talk to you again soon. God bless. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio, and we've been speaking with our good friend, Congressman Chip Roy, from the 21st District in Texas. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, thank you for being with us today. Uh, I hope uh, that you will tell your friends about it. I hope that you will support our program. Anybody interested in finding out more, please uh, either contact KLUP 930 AM radio in San Antonio or uh, contact me through Facebook uh, and um, we shall uh, do whatever we can on uh, to, to help you out. Uh, we really uh, support, appreciate all of your support, and we certainly support or appreciate our sponsor, uh, Border Hawk News. If there's anything that you want to know about migrations or immigration across the world and the, in the United States, you can go to Border Hawk News and read it. Once again, my friends, thank you for being with us. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio.